often said it, and I actually pray this when I'm alone, because I understand unless God opens my eyes, I really can't see what he's trying to show me. Okay? The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should learn. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. This morning, I have a message for you, and I title it, Knowing Jesus. That's simple. (laughs) Knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus. In Jeremiah chapter 9, beginning from verse 23, it says, Thus said the Lord, let not the wise man glory or boast or be proud of his wisdom, in his wisdom. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. These are the things we are proud of. We're proud of it. God says, don't think too big about it. Don't be proud of these things. They're okay. Don't glory in your wisdom. I got big degrees, DDD, PhD, whatever it is. People are proud of that. Professor. And sometimes you address them different, Mr. No, Professor. I am Professor. So don't go Mr. Whatever. Doctor. Yeah, I, Doctor. Mr. Destiny. I. God says don't. Wisdom. Don't glory in it. When God says not to glory in something, He means it. Don't set your heart in it. He says, Don't set your heart in your mind the things you've accomplished. You got so much. You've done so much. Let the world know. Look, see everything that I've accomplished in my mind. God says, Don't look to it. Don't glory in it. Don't glory in your riches. And I don't want to deal with these poor people or whatever it is. God says, that's, don't even look to that. But this is what it says. But let him who glories, glory in this. So God wants you, the eternal God wants you to know what he wants you to be proud of in your life. Let him glory in this. That he understands and knows me. If you are going to boast, let your boast be, and let heaven hear it, let your pride be that you understand God. And you know him. There are a lot of people in church today, they know of God, But they don't really know him, and they don't understand him. It is the greatest gift to a man, if you can know, go think about it. This God, 
to actually understand God. I know his ways. God says if you can attain to that, you can boast. Because you are not like every other man. You are not like the rest of them. You know him. He says, let him glory that he understands and knows me. Then he tells you who he is. That I am the Lord. I own everything. I am the Lord. And then he tells you what he does. Exercising. Exercising loving kindness. When you get to know God, you get to know about his love. How much he loves. He loves people. God says, understand, I love people. Not only just love, but attach kindness to it. Amen. There is the loving kindness. He is kind towards people. He talks about that. Let me go through this quickly. Just reading through it. It's loving kindness, exercising loving kindness, judgment, righteousness, where? In the earth. Here in the earth, in your life. God loves and you show kindness. No matter where you are, there's kindness. Then there is judgment. There is righteousness in the earth. And then God says, For in these three things, that's what gives me pleasure. I delight, says the Lord. God delights in me. So when you get to know God, you get to know his attributes. You get to know of his love, his loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness. No wonder the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And it's righteousness. And all these things, these are all the things that people want to boast about. God says, I'll add them to you. But the real thing is to know him. That's the real quest in life. You see, my mind tells me, life here is so short. And Satan has deceived us. We are so focused on the things that we are dealing with. The life, the house, the cars and the job and all of this. We are so caught up in these things. We have forgotten the true quest in life. Getting to know him. Getting to know him. That's the most important thing. And the reason for that is eternal life. Eternal life. Everybody that is born in this, into this world will live forever. Everyone that is born, if you live on this earth, you live forever. You will either live the way we understand everlasting life. You will either live your life after this life with God forever. Or you will live your life after this life with Satan in hell forever. No other place to go. No other place to go. It's not a game. Every one of us, if Jesus tarries, you're going to die. It's not a game. Please don't forget that. No wonder God says to glory in that. It's not a game. We've got to take these things very seriously. You know, most of the time people go to church because they have a problem and they want the problem solved. That's not the quest. 
You want to know God, the problem will be solved. The problem will be solved. You got to know Him. Question is, what is eternal life? What is eternal life? Let me show you what, how Jesus defines eternal life. In John chapter 17, that's Jesus' high priestly prayer. God, Jesus began to let us know what eternal life really is. And many cannot see this. He tells us, as you have given him authority. He says, Father, glorify your son, that your son may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh. Let me tell you, whether you like it or not, God the Father has given Jesus authority over your flesh. He has authority over your life. Jesus has authority over your life. You think you're going on your own, you got control over your life. No, when you refuse Jesus, there is another one that wants to have control over your life. But really, Jesus is there in the background. God has given him authority, whether you are with him or not. He has the authority to give life. It says he has given the son the authority that he should give eternal life. So as many as you have given him. So Jesus has the authority to give eternal life. And then he tells us what eternal life really is. And this is eternal life. We're talking about knowing Jesus. And this is eternal life. That they may know you. That's eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God. Not any other God, the only true God. So that they can have eternal life. Not just that. And Jesus Christ, knowing God and knowing Jesus. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. It's not enough to just know God. Hello? It's not enough to know the Father. You have to know the Son also. You know why it's not important? I mean, it's not all put together to know just God. Because of sin. You need a Savior. Before you can know the true God. You can't just go to God by yourself and bypass the Savior. You need the Savior. And you got to know Him. Because you cannot get to the Father and know Him for eternal life until you've come to know who the Son is. And really come to know Him intimate, intimately. You know what? Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. Knock, seek, and you seek and you shall find. Knock, the door will be opened. If you don't seek to know him, you'll never know him. Blessed are they whose hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Sometimes I wonder, God, am I really, am I really everyone who thinks he stands? The Bible says, let him take heed. Let you fall. Just because you may 
that commitment doesn't mean everything is okay. You have to pursue it. It's very important. You cannot know somebody without spending time with him. You cannot know somebody without talking to him. You cannot know somebody without maybe asking others what they've experienced with this person. You can get to know them. The Bible, what they've written, all of this. These are important. Yet, the church is filled with people. They don't care about knowing him. They just go to church. And they sit and believe because they hear some good sermon. It was a great sermon. What did he talk about? I don't remember, but it was good. It's very good. I love it. They are not seeking. You see, I just don't want to be a pastor. They have to be with me in heaven. This is very important. I don't care about whether it's a good sermon or no good sermon. You got to know Jesus and get to know him well. I don't know what other pastors are doing, and I love them. I thank God for what they are doing. But I'm not going to stand in their judgment. I've got to be judged by Jesus, what he called me to do. And you with me, to do God's work. I want everyone, by the grace of God, I believe everyone who comes in here, if they want to, we get to know God better. That's my faith. I believe in that. If you desire it, God will make it happen. Everyone can know God intimately if you want to. Why would they judge you for not knowing him if you don't have the capacity to know him? It was a decision you made. And today, I believe everyone here wants to know him. Can I hear an amen? Yes. Say it. I want to know God. I will know God. Nothing is going to stand in the way. Amen. May God baptize you with what you have said and may you never recover. Amen. Amen. God sent him. This thing is always been true. In John chapter 1 verse 14 it says, uh, it says, he was in the world. And the world was made by him. And the world did not know him. When he came, he's still true today. He's still true today. God actually came down to live among us. As a human being. Last Sunday I talked about how he wanted to be with us. That's an incredible thing. The angels couldn't understand it. The one that, I mean, they, they covered their eyes. They can't even look on him. If you read in Isaiah chapter 6, they, clo- they covered their eyes and they covered their feet. They fly, they can't look on him. God himself came to our earth to reveal himself to us. 
That's an amazing thing. The angels are looking. It doesn't make sense to them. This awesome being that created the whole universe. Put everything, the sun and everything you see in place. He's going to live with man and go with them, walk with them, sleep with them. Don't make any sense. And you got that privilege, what privilege angels didn't have, and you threw it away. For what? What do you seek? This is what's happening today. I see that in the church. When I was saved, I knew by the grace of God, this awesome God, please would you help me? I want to live for you. If you really know him and get to really know him, you can't be the same person. You may not even know you've changed. But being in his presence transforms you. And when people come around you, they begin to say, what's happening to you? You are not the same person. And you say, really? I didn't realize I'm not the same person. But you are. You've changed. When you know him and really get to know him, he transforms you. And you're totally unaware that your life has been changed. As the Bible says, from glory to glory. From glory to glory. He was in the world. Even though the world was made by him and the one who created the world was standing, living among us, they didn't recognize him. Do you really know him today? Do you seek to know? Because we can. It's a choice. In John chapter 1, it says he was in the world. The, the world didn't record. He came to his own. His own did not receive him. They still didn't. Because they didn't know who they were dealing with. I don't want to be. I only have. You only have this one life. And you went through this life without knowing the God who created you. When he was standing with you all along. I don't want to be that person. How busy can you get? How busy can you get? It's not a social club. We come into his presence so he can reveal himself to us. We humble ourselves. I need to move forward. Amen. Amen. If you don't say amen, I say well. That's wonderful. There's a scripture I quoted that last week, and I just quoted in Go Along. First uh, Timothy chapter one verse uh, uh, chapter three verse sixteen. He says, "Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh." It's hard. When I saw those scriptures years ago, I was a new Christian. It did something to me. That was God. There's only one God. There is no two gods. Just one person. One being. He came to live with us. It's not a game. There was a purpose. The Father sent him to bring us back. Because he loves us so much. And our job is to love him in return. And seek to know him better. By spending more time with him. 
That's so important. Jesus confirmed that the world people don't know him. He says, you don't know me. You don't know my father. And you don't know me. He was talking to the Jews. Let me say this. Eternal life is rest. Eternal life is rest. And they say the authority that God, his God in John chapter uh, 17, Jesus said, as you have given me authority to give eternal life to everyone that you brought to me. He has that authority. And in Matthew chapter 11, 27, he says, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. All things, nothing less, nothing everything. He has everything. All things have been delivered to me by my Father. And then he says, And no one knows the Son except the Father. I stop at that. (laughs) You have to really be God, the Father, to know who Jesus really is. How awesome it is. No one knows the Son except the Father. Think about that. You will never really know how awesome this Jesus is unless you are God himself. No one knows the Son except the Father. If you know how awesome this being, Jesus of Nazareth, if you know how awesome, like God knows, then you will understand the greatness of the sacrifice he made for us. And you will devote your life to knowing this being. Just like the Father knows him. No one knows the Son except the Father. And he says, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. And then he added, and the one to whom the Son wills. To reveal him. Think about it. You will never know God until he wants to show himself to you. So when I hear the atheist saying there is no God, I just say, I know, you're right. In your mind, you're right. Because God will not show himself to you. He's not chosen to reveal himself to you. And you, till you die, you will not. I pray that your eyes will be opened. But he has to reveal himself, the Father to you. God, Jesus, wants to reveal the Father to you. But you have to let him. You have to give him the opportunity to. He wants to do that. That's why he came. He's not holding anything back for us, from us. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be open. You just have to have that desire. And when you don't feel that desire... The message is going out this morning. You don't feel the desire like you really want to know God like you should. Ask Him to fill your heart with that desire. And He will. Ask and it shall be given to you. Ask. God, I don't know where I'm standing. I don't feel anything. Could you please help me? Fill my heart with the desire to know you. And go over and over again. Believe me, if you pray that prayer, he hears you. 
He hears even when you gossip. <laughs> Talk more when you're praying to him for something that's good. And he says, if you pray any prayer according to the will of God, guess what? He hears you. You can ask him. And then he will begin to reveal the Father to you. And he is the Son. He reveals the Father to you. And then he tells you. After he says this, he invites you to come. What come? Come to him so that he can reveal the Father to you, right? Come to me, all you who labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, when you get to know him, the Father, and you get to know the Son, you enter into rest. Can I hear an amen? amen? Yes. You enter into rest. No more striving. There's no need to be afraid. you got God. He's on your side now. And you are a happy being. You come into his rest. He's the rest of God. Not the rest of man. I mean the rest of God. Rest. He says, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And guess what he says? Learn from me. Learn from me. <laughs> He's going to reveal the Father to you. You got to know him. And the more you know him, the more you hate what's going on in the world. Amen? The more people can tell it's strange. When you see in the church today, there are people who are Christians. And the world can see and they don't see the difference. You know why? They don't know him. If you know him, your life is going to be changed. Why should they desire him when they see what's going on in your life? If they see a major change, then they know this person knows God. They see you going through all kinds of difficulties like everybody else. But they see the hand of God in your life. And the confidence that God is with you. That's so important. He gives eternal life and rest to those. This should be the greatest pursuit for every man to know him. To know God. I just don't pray to be spiritual. I pray because I want to know God better. And I don't know if I can handle life on my own. I need help. Maybe you are that strong. <laughs> That's why I say don't glory in your strength. You depend on him. It's so important that we do that. Getting to know Jesus. You know Moses? Moses? The prophet Moses? Old Testament? Have you seen him before? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but Moses heard God's voice. I saw God write on the tablet. Kind of knew God. But Moses was not satisfied. In his heart, buried in his heart, he had a desire. He, he said to God, I want to see you, right? He wanted to know God even more. That was his heart's desire. God said, you can't see me. I'll let you see my back. And I'm not sure if Moses saw what, what he saw was back. But, but today we can see him. Amen? We can see him. His name is Jesus. 
We can see him. He can, if we have the desire, he'll come. We can see him. In our dreams, in our heart, we can see him. He, can, he will instruct you. If you have the desire, God will show up. God is not a respecter of persons. The reason why he is not showing up, you don't desire him strong enough. You don't desire him strong enough. When you have that strong desire, he will show himself. Amen? You know, let me read this scripture here. It says, now it happened as, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it happened as they went and he entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. Who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted. Can you say the word with me? Distracted with all kinds of good stuff. Hello? All kinds of good stuff. And the scripture calls that good stuff distraction. This is serious business. Martha was distracted with much serving. My wife gave me something today. I said I will add it to my scriptures. She says she added. He says the greatest disservice to devotion is service. The greatest disservice to devotion to God uh, is service. Too busy. You know, I'm going to go out and make more money and bring to the church. Liar. Excuse me. Deceiving yourself. You're just deceiving yourself. Give what is Caesar's to Caesar and what is God to God. That's very important. That doesn't mean you cannot be away from church. But there's got to be a reason. And you have to watch what's going on. You have to. Because we have an enemy. Okay? We have an enemy. We have to be very watchful about that. It's very important. It says, Mary was seated at Jesus' feet. And he was, he was talking to her. But Martha was distracted with more serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that I'm doing this great work and my sister is not part of it. <laughs> That's what she was saying. Command her to join me in this great service. Command her. Because I'm, think about it, I'm serving Jesus some good meal. Wonderful. And then Jesus said, I, when I saw this, I said, Jesus, please never call me this way. Martha, Martha, don't say good luck, good luck. <laughs> I'm in trouble when you say that. Please, just say good luck again. But when he repeats it, the second time, you are in real trouble. Martha, Martha, he said, you are worried, distracted, and troubled about many things, many things. I'm serving you. That's what I'm talking about. Many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen. It's a choice. 
It's a choice. You have no excuse. It's a choice. Mary has chosen that good path which will not be taken away from her. No devil can take that part away. She was seated at the master's feet. And the master was revealing the father to her. She didn't. I mean, both of them were locked. Jesus and Mary, they were locked into it. Jesus could care less about the rest of the disciples. Oh, master, the food, the smell, nothing. What was important to Jesus was, I'm revealing the Father to this dear lady. And Mary, she was into it, and Master looked and saw, there is no way I can get my sister away from this. Amen. Amen. That should be our attitude. It's never going to be. She wanted to know more. What was Jesus talking about, about to her? About his father. And she was so locked into it, she wasn't going to let go. She didn't care what I think. You see, when you really want to serve God, you don't care what people think. Lazy Mary sitting by there, just talking. It's not your business. Be quiet. She doesn't ever like to do anything. All she wants to do is sit down and listen to Jesus. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Because every time Jesus speaks, life. Spirit. John 6.63. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Mary was being filled with life and the spirit. And Martha was busy <laughs> uh, doing the good job uh, where you get praise. Oh, is it this Martha was a good woman? She serves us and gives us meals. That's not what's important. Only one thing is important. Knowing God. And we should give our devotion to that. Everything that we have to that. Amen. We'll talk about Paul also. I don't have much time. I mean, my time is way gone. Paul says, I want to know him. I want to know him. Paul said, I have given everything for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. The, the, how worthy it is to get to know him. That's in Philippians. But I'm going to close with this because of time. Yesterday or the day before I came and my wife was playing something to me. And I didn't realize as soon as she started playing, I think I said to myself, I think God wanted me to hear this. I didn't tell Angela that. I know God wanted me to hear this. So uh, that's part of my message now. <laughs> and uh, she was playing that thing for me. And she, I said, it's good. Jesus fed the dis- fed people, the multitude, huh? they came and gave them bread. They ate. That's in Mark chapter 6. And then he says, after Jesus fed the multitude, let me put, read it, Mark chapter 6, verse 44. He says, now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. Immediately, 
he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him, notice, before him to the other side, to Bethesda, while he sent the multitude away. He sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Question. Are you a disciple or you are one of the multitude? Jesus will not commit himself to the multitude. All the multitudes come to do, the multitudes come to eat bread. They have no idea of who set the table. The cleanup is done by the disciples. You know, in church, we have the multitude, they just come. They don't know where the chairs came from. They don't know anything. They don't know who arranged. They, don't, they just sit, list, and they're gone. He sent the multitude away. But then he commissioned the disciples to go before him. They were in service. For him. He stayed, they stayed with him. They got to know him. If you read in Matthew chapter 13, he says to the multitude, he's not giving for them to know the secret of the kingdom of God. But to you, disciples, it was given to you. Are you part of the multitude or you a disciple? Because the disciples just come in get whatever they have to get, they're out. They don't spend time with master. They don't help him with giving out the bread. They do nothing. They just come to get and they take off. I don't want to be that way. Because you can never know Jesus being part of the multitude. You got to get come closer. You got to be with him. Many times Jesus will say words in parables. And the multitude, they didn't understand it. They asked no question. They didn't understand it. The disciples didn't understand what he was talking about. They didn't seek to even understand. They left. They left. Without understanding. If the disciples could not understand, how can the multitude understand? And after they're gone, the disciples stay with him. And they ask him more questions. What do you mean when you said this? And then Jesus will reveal it to them. Guess what? He was revealing his father to them. You know, we like in America everything fast. Right? We can't do that with him. We got to take time. I know this is not a shouting message. But, but believe me, we are on a course. Amen? We're going to heaven. And we're not going to lose anyone sitting here this morning. Amen. Nobody, no one sharing my voice today is going to be lost. I pray when you give a message, it's not for a good message. I like good messages, but listen, I want God to burst in your heart today the desire to know him. Can I hear amen? amen. And everyone who said amen, may God do that, fulfill that in your life. May God burst in you that you are restless. It's not from you. Because Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. 
May God put that in you today so that you can't stop reading your scripture. You can't stop kneeling to pray. It's something happening and it started this very morning. Can I hear amen? God is going to do it. God's going to do it. That's the reason for the message. Jesus said you are clean because of the words I've spoken to you. Amen? There is a lot of cleansing going on right now in Jesus' name. A lot of cleansing. And God's cleansing His people. Can I hear amen? God's doing it. Stand up with me this morning. Stand up with me this morning. Thank God for that young man that received the word this morning. God has something special for you. Amen. Amen. Deep calls out to deep. I mean, he's going to call out to deep this morning. Yes. Deep calls out to deep. And say with me, I am ready. No more games. I am ready. Jesus, here I come. Give me grace. Believe me, there is grace for all of us. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord this morning? Father, thank you. God, reveal yourself to us. Open our eyes so we can see. Give us understanding hearts, O Lord, according to your word. Lord, we are in the last days. And the enemy is truly at work in a mighty way. But your word says, where sin abound, grace did much more abound. Lord, I speak your grace upon your people today. In the name of Jesus, grace upon grace, grace upon grace, grace upon grace, grace upon grace. And everyone that is standing before you here this morning, grace upon grace. Desire to know God even more in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, let us not rest until we are fully devoted to you. Devoted to winning souls. Bringing more people into the kingdom. God, open our eyes whenever we are with people that are not saved. People who don't know you. Let the spirit of God burn in us. And put your words in our heart and in our mouth. So that we cannot hold back. But we have to speak. We have to speak. Blessed Holy Spirit, make that possible for us today. By the power of your grace, O God. By the power of your grace. Bless your people today, O God. According to your word, let us know your loving kindness today. Let us know your judgment. Let us know your righteousness. We are grateful. It's a privilege to stand in your presence. What, a, what an awesome God. And you are right here in our presence. We are grateful, God. Let every soul be touched in a new way. Lord, we shall see the manifestation of your touch upon our lives this very morning. Thank you, Father. And all God's people said, God bless you with his needs.
Our prayer partner is going to be out here. If you need prayer, please come and come to them. It's very important.